the people see the 10, but they don't realize I failed at the 90 things. When you're specifically concentrating on one thing like placements, you're missing out on majority of the piece of the pie. On a scale of one to 10, how much sauce would you say you're giving in this? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm up there. I'm up there at 10. But I think it's, I think we have a responsibility to do that. And there's no such thing as, as sharing too much. Nigga's gonna be mad. Hold on. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we have legendary. I don't say legendary lightly either. We have legendary producer. Now, before I even get into the long list of credits, I have to say this. After you're done watching this interview, go back to the first one. If you haven't watched it for some reason, I watched it on the way here. Better watch it twice when I get back to the crib. So if you haven't watched the first interview, make sure y'all go back and watch it. But today, man, we have S1. What's good, fellas? Man, glad to be here. I mean, we could get into the credits, but that's going to be an hour or so, <laughs> man. We got Ye, Eminem, Drake, 50 Cent, Beyonce, Logic. Like, so many people, bro. We can get into this. Like I said, go back and watch the first interview. If you want to learn about relationships, just the come up of S1, man, go watch that first interview after you watch this one. Yes, sir. Besides that, man, how Atlanta been treating you, even though you say you just got Been here. good, man. I, I flew in last night. And uh, I'm here today, and I'm about to fly back out when I leave here. So, you know, been in and out, moving around a little more now. You know, um, I guess I guess I can say coming out the pandemic. <laughs> it's like we in at times and, and uh, we out, but I don't know if we all the way still in it or not. <laughs> facts, facts. It kind of is like a blur right now. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. opening up back up a little bit. But um, so you're from Dallas? I'm from Waco. So I'm from Waco, Texas, but I've been in Dallas for since like 2000, 2001. How you feel like the music scene is getting out there in Texas, specifically like Houston, I would say? How you, how you think it's looking like in the next five years? Well, I'll, I'll just speak from like Texas in general. Like, man, Texas got a lot of uh, budding rappers and producers, you know, you know, specifically uh, Dallas. I know we have some incredible talent there, man. And I think now... You, you're starting to see more artists that's that's coming out and, um, you know, representing Texas and actually getting shine. So I think in the next five years, man, it's going to be um, I think will be a, a, a staple to where a lot of, you know, uh, industry people are coming down to search for artists from Texas, whether it be Houston or Dallas. We've been talking to like I feel like Atlanta still is at its like high right now, but it's not like 2015, 2016 wave. It's definitely at like a. I won't say a standstill, but it's like back then Atlanta went from here to whoosh. Right. Now Atlanta's like right here. You think it's kind of you think it's peaking to where either Florida or Texas. Like I feel like one of those cities about to be the new like in the next ten years is about to be the new like wave. Yeah, Atlanta really small. We we really got like a small community out here. Like Texas, big as hell. Yeah, Texas you know is huge. Really independent zone. Shit. Yeah, yeah, very very uh, independent, very spread out. You know, so. Um, but I think I think now, um, because we're we're developing more community now, so I think that's the thing, you know. And, and I and that's the that's the one thing that I love about Atlanta. I think Atlanta has always been like community based, where the producers are helping each other. You know, Toronto is the same way. Like everybody kind of clicked up and was like, "Yo, how can we win together?" You know. So um, I think I think Texas is is getting that now. So I know. We left off at the interview, I think right before the coronavirus, ain't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think, yeah, I think it was pre-pandemic. 
So let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, has like the pandemic affected your business in any way? Like, what was that transition like from what you was doing before to when it hit? Man, um, well, being fully transparent, I would say creatively and mentally, like I suffered a little. I, I can honestly say I suffered some, but business wise, I elevated. You know, uh, it wasn't until I was able to sit down and come to a halt. Uh, that's when I was able to really focus on my business. And I started just learning. I started getting with, I had some mentors started teaching me about online marketing and I got real deep into like the Facebook and, and Instagram ads and being able to read the metrics and data and use that. And like, I, I, I think just by me learning that and starting to apply that, I've done like three to six X more business-wise, revenue-wise uh, in my e-commerce business. But it wasn't because, it, it was only because I was able to sit down and because I was sit down and able to learn these things, you know, that I was able to elevate in my business. Coronavirus was a big, like, eye-opener for e-commerce itself. Like, oh, absolutely. I know in the last interview, I had talked about mainly a producer and moving in the industry, relationships. This interview, I really want to focus on something that's very slept on and that's producer brand. You know, like mm -hmm. it's a lot of these guys where it's like, you know, the placements, the sync, all that stuff is, is, is a, is a revenue, you know what I'm saying? Different revenue, but you have a revenue of producer brand where you could literally, like you say, triple what you make. Yeah. 10 times what you make. It's so true. Yeah. You should sleep on it. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I think as, as the producer community sometimes get caught up in just placements or just one specific thing when in reality it's about having multi, like you say, the branding part, which allows you to have multiple things going on because it's, at that point it's about your brand, not the individual thing that you, that you're concentrating on. And I think when you, when you're specifically concentrating on one thing like placements, you're missing out on a whole, you, you're missing out on majority of piece of the pie because you're just focused on that one thing, you know, and I can honestly say if I was just focused on one thing, like I'd probably have to go get a, a nine to five, a corporate job somewhere. But it's because I was able to build my brand and, and have multiple streams of income and have these multiple projects and things going on that I, I've, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable, you know, so I, I, I come, I commend all the producers that that see that and see that, yo, you have to get out there and brand yourself and, and create multiple streams of income. What are some revenues like, uh, let's say like, we, we know obviously like kits and stuff like that, but what are like some underrated revenues as far as like producer brand that you could take advantage of? I would say as far as like producer brand, you can do, it, it's so many things. You can, you can, uh, of course, like your YouTube, you got your e-commerce, what you just said, like where you're selling kits and, and things of that sort. Um, you can release uh, instrumentals, you know, release that to, to your, uh, to DSPs. And, um, you know, you can do consultations. There's so many up and coming producers that's looking to learn how to produce and, and want to know different processes and, and, and how to uh, go about doing certain things. So you can do that. You can do tutorials, you can do one-on-one -on -one consultations. Um, Man, it's, it's just so much you can do. You, it's so much you can do. So let's talk about Project Impact. I was looking at it earlier <laughs> today. Let's go ahead and get straight into that. I want to know okay. what that is. So yeah, Project Impact is basically, I teamed up with um, 
uh, Larry O. Y'all familiar with Larry O and uh, the guys at Cymatics. And we created this six-week online curriculum to where I'm the instructor. And I'm basically just taking my 20-plus years of experience and uh, sharing information and sharing techniques. And we we set up to where this 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 out I mean this six week uh, course is like almost like a boot camp producer boot camp and within this we have I have multiple workshops like drum programming work programming workshops I go through like sampling my process of uh, making samples I go through um, even have like an industry workshop to where um, I'm showing you how to land placements and and your mindset daily practices you know, all these different things that I'm just sharing information to, to make the producer better and, and go to the next level in that career. But like that's very important. Like, don't get me wrong, tutorials are good. You feel me? You do tutorials, of course, but it's only so much that stuff could take you. Yeah, you're right. Like, I know when I started out, uh, I literally was in community college for like a couple of weeks. I said, forget that. And I went to this uh, engineering school and it was more like a mentorship. I don't want to really like talk about the school. I want to talk about the mentorship part. Like that's a very, very big part as far as like beginner producers and their growth. You feel me? I feel like you do have a mentor. Of course. Everybody could say, I won't say everybody, but most people could say you had a mentor throughout your career. You feel me? That mentorship is very, very important. Yes, sir. It's it's also important that a lot of us, I, I always hear producers like, I wouldn't pay for any information. You know what I'm saying? I see on social media, a lot of producers are frowning upon paying for information, paying for courses. But I honestly feel like it's a saying that game is free, but when you pay for it, you really, really take value in it. Because yeah, you, you appreciate you know it more. You have more of appreciation. You know, it's it's no different from uh, you purchasing your own car or your parents buying the car for you or someone buying the car for you. You know, you're going to take way more more uh, care of that that thing or that car if you if you spending your hard earned money on it as opposed to somebody one giving you that car, you know, so it's the same thing. You know, you 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 um you have such uh, you have so much more value in something when when you when you pay for it. I advise younger producers to definitely invest into courses of people that are credible. Yeah, because another thing you have um, these schools like I'll just take my son for instance. Like he went to. Uh, he moved to Pasadena to go to this music school out there. And um, it was a two year program and the cost was like 70 to 80 K for the two, for the two years. But, you know, you ask him now, like, was that beneficial? And he's like, no, I, I, I learned more from you, you know, just being around you than I did that full two years of being out in school because you have these instructors that, um, that, that, that are not really in the music industry or haven't accomplished anything in the music industry. They're just going textbook based on what they history think it should of be. Microphones, yeah. Like, yeah. Right? The history of microphones. Okay. Ex exactly. Exactly. Mean? So like, even with this project impact, it's like, okay, how can I use my experience since I've actually been in the studio with these artists? I've actually uh, did multiple co-publishing deals and did uh, multiple song deals with these labels. How can I share that information with people? you know, uh, because I've actually had the experience in doing doing those things. So I think that's more important, just getting it from people that's actually done it, as opposed to getting it from people that are just telling you about how to do it. 
on a scale of one to ten, how much sauce would you say you're giving in this? Man, I'm 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 up there. I'm up there at ten. Yeah, the ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about producers? Like, are you worried about sharing too much sauce? I feel like a lot of industry producers be like, it'd be some simple stuff too, like. I wish on your master it's a soft clip, and it'd be like, I'm not gonna tell you that's my sauce, bro. Oh man, I, I feel it's a I feel it's our responsibility. I feel like so many people have gave me information, which was life changing, and just being able to take that information and apply it in certain ways. So I feel like it's my my responsibility to uh to share information for you know producers that's trying to do what I've, you know, whatever I've been able to accomplish, they're trying to set out to do the same thing. So I think it's important that we pay it forward and be able to give this information. And then at that moment, it's it's just a matter of them receiving that information and then also applying that information as well. But I think it's, I think we have a responsibility to do that. And there's no such thing as, as sharing too much. You know, I, I think there's no such thing as sharing too much. Do you have anything that, makes the producers hold themselves accountable. Like, we need you to do this, like homework type shit. Like, you have anything that helps them hold, hold themselves accountable? Man, that's, I think that's so important. I, uh, producers who I've been um, able to, or blessed, I'd say blessed to sign and work with uh, over the past 10 years, it was always me putting, in, putting them in a certain mindset to handle certain things. So if if I know that we're going to be working on an Eminem album and I'm bringing certain of my producers to help me with certain joints, it never was just, yo, go do this. It was it was getting on the phone and, and having these conversations with them about certain things. And it was giving them certain tasks, maybe not uh, the not the big task yet, but giving them small tasks to do to see how they're how they're elevating, how they're handling certain things before I introduce this big task to them. So it's like mindset, it's like mindset preparation and mindset uh, adaptation, like changing people's mindset to be able to handle certain situations when they come into it. So I feel like that's that's very important to, uh, you know, just to be able to prep people's mind for what's about to happen or, or situations that they're about to come into so they can be able to handle that and and make that, uh, you know, create longevity from that. You know, I feel like now in today's game, the relationship, just that relationship building mindset and just speaking is slightly more important now than the production itself right now. Yeah, yeah it is. And that's the thing we hate to do, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because we're really introverts. Like, yeah, not, we are. You know we are. Saying? And, that, and that's one thing with me. Like, I hate speaking in front of uh, large groups of people, and I hate interacting on, on social media. However, I knew... At some point, and this was this was probably when I uh, I knew when I wrote when I wrote my book, I was like, okay, I know I hate speaking in front of large audience, but this is going to be part of it. So I was like, I have to prepare for that. So I started doing um, I, I hired me a, a, a speaking coach, you know, and just started to learn in that area because I knew once I got out there, I would have to lo- know how to communicate. And I knew how I would learn how to um, I would have to know how to uh uh, you know, just be able to interact with people more and, and you know, because that sells. But I didn't want to do it, but I knew I had to. So that's another thing, too. As producers and creatives, we have to know how to uh, grow in certain areas and and learn to be uncomfortable, you know, learn to jump out there and those things that we don't like doing. 
you know, go ahead and jump out there and do those and get better at that because that's going to take you farther in your, in your career, in your branding, you know, in your opportunities, you know, certain opportunities come from just being a better speaker and being able to do this. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you guys on that. Uh, in 2022, like how would you go about maintaining like relationships with new artists that you meet? Like how would you go about the conversation, especially for younger producers, you know? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would just, uh, the main thing I would say is just being sincere in your approach and not overdoing it. You know, I, I think some, sometimes we, you know, producers can get too aggressive in their approach, you know, sending multiple, you know, sending emails uh, uh, every day, the people, and then not, greeting them correctly, you know, just sending these blind emails to people. That's like a, like, that's a, that's a a hundred percent way to fail is, or or to not get someone to open your email is to blind send stuff every day, you know, blind send emails without a greeting or be like, yo, what's good? You know, do you, you mind if I send you something to your email, send send you beats to your email, you know, as opposed to just blind sending. So it's just like realizing the proper way to do things. I think that's very important. You know, and that's that's things that we need to learn more of too. Put you in a scenario. You're going through your DMs. What are like red flags you seeing? Like, nope, seen her uh, delete. Uh, yo, I got this beat for Kanye. Can you? <laughs> People really do that, bro. Oh my god, all the time. Are you open? First, before I ask, are you open to like screen recordings? Let's say someone sent you a screen recording. I just listen to this loop. This loop is fire. Or listen to this sample. Or listen. Do you do you even listen to those? You don't mind those? At all? I, I don't. I don't mind it. It's just the the approach. Okay, mm. so let's say if someone damn you a beat. Hey, listen to this beat. This joint fire. Those samples, bro. I just want a little percentage. Can you can you can you work it? <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? Man, to be honest, that's a turnoff. When 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 <laughs> folks start approaching that way, it's just a turnoff because it's like, yo, yo, let's let's let me get to know you first. Facts, you know, let's don't just jump into it. That let you know, let me know about you. Let you know, let me let me know exactly what you're about. How long you been producing? What are you using? You know, uh, you know what what part of the country are you in? You know, let's let's con- let's have a, a conversation first. You know, uh, so yeah, I think that's a that's a big turnoff when people approach that way. What's an incentive that somebody can give you, like a piece of value that make you say, "Oh shit, let me hit him right back." Mm-hmm. I mean, and and nothing specifically. I I think it's just how they communicate certain things. Um, just coming from a, a sincere place. You know, it can be uh, the conversation. Don't even have to be like, "Yo, can I send you beats?" Or "Yo, can we collaborate?" Or or it, it 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 has to be something completely different, you know that that makes me want to engage and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I like that, or yeah, um, you know, just get, make me want to know more about you, you know, more about what you do, and then from that transitions into, man, send me some loops over, you know, I'm, I'm I'll see what you got, you know, but uh, I I like I say, just going back, I think we just need to change, or producers need to change the approach. You know, because you can only do that so many times before people just, before you get completely blocked <laughs> from somebody. What, what do you think is more effective? Like, face-to-face? Like, we, you just came down here to Atlanta to do business, or you're going to L.A. to do business, or you feel like the Internet is still, like, so more effective? Like, what, what do you think? Uh, the Internet is definitely uh, effective, very effective. 
Uh, but there's nothing like face to face, man. It's just an it's just an exchange of energy that you're not gonna get through through the internet. True. You know, I'll, I always say that. Um, you know, even even like with with uh, with artists, you know, um, sending beats is so different from being in a room with someone and playing them beats because at that at that time you can sell it more you can have conversations you can actually also control the environment of what they're listening to you know because sometimes you send you can send an artist a beat and they may just pull it on their phone and they're not going to get the same effect as if you guys are in the studio and you plan it on the monitors you know uh so like controlled environments and and uh just the 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 passing of of each other's energy back to back the conversations you know that leads that may lead into uh the creation of a song you know and those are things that you don't get from an email or or a dm yeah we had a uh, uh, june james was on here june the genius and he was saying that back in the day producers would have to a producer and an artist who have to like link up Maybe go out to eat, go somewhere, read, read our character, you know what I'm saying? Then go in the studio and work. So with the internet, it's kind of like what I try to do is when it comes to DMs and stuff like that, if I'm reaching out to somebody, I'm going to see what we have in common, you know, and I'm going to talk about whatever we have in common first, you know what I'm saying? Because you can try to mimic that through the internet, like get to know somebody, try to call people, send voice messages, like try to get the real energy to come through instead of it looking like just a text and just being like, let me leech out of you. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Let me be greedy. Like that's how yeah. it looks without the real You're right. human energy. Uh-huh. And it may mean? not be that, but it can come off like that. Yeah. Without you knowing. Internet is still good. Like being, you know, great things can still happen from that. The opportunity I've seen our everyday opportunity happening from that. So don't count that out. I'm just saying try to make face to face be more of a priority. I feel like the playbook twenty twenty two is like don't get me wrong, sending out samples, you was a sample maker. That's 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 hard. There's hella sample makers that come up every year doing yeah. that tactic. Oh, absolutely. But every year it gets saturated. Yeah. You know? I feel like if you want to go the internet route in 2022, that's where that producer brand comes in. But let me make tutorials. Let me let me uh drop kits. You build that producer brand. Then you take that income, fly out to Atlanta, fly to LA, fly to Miami, start absolutely building connections. That's that's the I feel like that's the sweet spot. That's the little playbook right yeah. now. Yeah, no, that's you true. Know? That's true. And and it's and it's really just being unique in your approach, man. You like you like like you just said about the uh the sample game, like it's so saturated now. So it's about like if you're trying to come in, it's like, okay, what can how can I be unique? How can I be different coming into this world? You know, how can I go a completely different route of everybody's on this side doing this? How can I be the 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 scapegoat and do something completely different that's gonna make me stand out, you know, from the rest? So it's just being creative, you know, uh, being more creative on your approach. How important do you think it is to fail in order to succeed in this industry? People that know me know that I've always said uh, I credit a lot of my success to a lot of my failure, and the reason why I say that is because. Um, uh, failure has taught me well I've learned so m- much or failure has taught me a lot more than my success has you know it's it's in those failures to where I learned certain things or even gained a certain thickness of skin that I needed you know that took me to that success you know um, 
there's been multiple moments. I in even in my even in my book that I wrote a couple of years ago, I had a a chapter in there called uh, "No Failure, No Fuel," and that that basically was just saying like it was one the moments that I was failing. Those were the moments where I was going back in the lab to 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 better myself and to get be- better my craft. So when I came back to that certain situation, you know, I'd be better, you know, I'd be stronger. So every time I was failing, I was actually elevating and I was growing. And I was evolving as a creative, you know, until I got to that success. So, um, you know, you, you got to learn to embrace failure because it's, it's a part of the process, you know, and some people are, are scared to fail. But once you embrace that, that's part of the process, then um, then you don't have that fear of failing. And you'll just you'll 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 go through, though, that process of failing to be able to, su- to succeed. Did you ever have moments where you feel like it was just not never work out? Like, what do you do in those exact moments? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we all have we all have those moments. Like, that's just the human side. And as long as I've been in the industry, like, I still have those moments sometimes. But it's just a matter of pushing through those moments because I know that's because I know that's part of the process. Uh, it's just a matter of pushing through that. You know, it's it's. <laughs> Why you why you say that? This man said he had it. I gotta run. Hold on, no, let me, it's, let me, it's let me run back to yeah. these. So the guy who produced like, oh uh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> even, but even but see see now I gotta ask this question because even with that, and you're you're saying that this is something that's like ongoing. It's not like you get you get to this paradise level and you're like oh doubts. But do you think that and what you're saying that being transparent, do you think social social media makes it absolutely like, deeper now? Like, oh, a- shit, absolutely. Because what happens when when you when you deal with social media, you start to look at other people's journey and other people's successes. And no matter where you are in your career or your, or your life, uh, social media can have an effect on, you know, just by looking at others. And instead of using that for inspiration, what we should be using it for, sometimes you can be like, man, I feel like I should be in this in this position or man, like, what am I doing wrong that they're doing? But everyone's success is unique to them. You know, what's for me is for me. What's for you is for you. You know, so you have to realize that. And I think with the, um, you know, just with the doubting, you got to realize that it's OK to fail. It's OK to make mistakes like that's just part of the journey. So once you embrace that even more, then um, you begin to um, you begin you begin to grow, and then you begin to work through those those doubts and realize that hey, this is a part of it. However, you know I'm able to grow from this, and I'm able to you know better myself because of it. And uh, and you start to realize that everybody goes through that same thing. Like I've been in in sessions with artists having conversations, and just like you guys just said, dang, you did all this work and you still have doubts. Like I've been in sessions with artists that have sold countless records and hear them say the same thing. So you start to realize like, hey, this is just a, a human, a natural human behavior. But it's just a matter of just pushing through that because it's just a, you only can have that moment. You only can keep it as a moment. Keep that doubt for a moment. Don't let it take over completely of your 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 whole being. I feel like mental health is a big part. Mental health and really surrounding yourself around other people who do the same thing. Because, bro, you could be making the the hardest beats in your crib, but as long as you're in your crib and you're the only one that's hearing it, yeah. and you're making a thousand of those, after a while you're going to be like, 
You're gonna be boxed in like, oh, this is trash. Old time, you ain't giving to the world. Yeah, you ain't giving to the world. Listening to it, like, oh, yeah, you feel me? Nah, that's that's Uh, so true. A producer going through like mental health. What advice would you give him? Uh, Step away, detach, detach. You you know, uh, I, I, us as creators, we love to like stay in it, and we feel like if we're not in it, like that's a bad thing, but. I think it's it's more efficient for us to step away from from what we from the work sometimes detach you know I I'll do these things now to where um like I love working on the on the week Monday through Friday and not doing any music on Saturday and Sunday you know um I I love doing that because that allows me to uh be focused from Monday through Friday, but then also to live and detach from that on Saturday and Sunday and, and go spend time with my parents or my wife or, uh, or my, my grandkids, you know, and do other things. So when I come back on Monday, like I'm super fresh and I got fresh ears and I'm going into it. I'm excited because I missed those two days of working. Like I'm really excited to get back in and work, you know, so it just keeps me fresh. It keeps me uh, excited and and then it gives me a good balance to to where I'm just not working, 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 you know. Um, so, yeah, I I, I I really think that it helps with mental health as well. It helps with our, our mental health because, man, we we're, we're overthinkers. You know, we we can be in it for so long that we're overthinking. And it's, and it's until we step outside of it and look at it from outside looking in, we can realize and see what it really is. You know, and then we can hop back into it once we once we get a good uh good a uh, good view on that. I feel like a big part of my adjusting this year, but really been time management. Oh yeah, that's another thing too, man. I feel like it's two things into it. Like you could be just jumbled up with a whole bunch of things, but it's like okay, focus on one thing. But at the same time, you can actually be doing like little productive things, but what actually like matters to your goal? You mm-hmm. feel me? I always say, like, don't confuse being busy with being productive. It's two separate things. I think sometimes we'll fill up our calendars with things just to make us feel like we're busy and doing things. But it's like how many of those things are getting you closer to your goal? How many of those things that you have on your schedule are getting you uh, closer to where you're trying to be? You know, and when you look at it, a lot of those things aren't. We're just doing things just to make us feel like we're doing things. <laughs> you know, so we're not productive. We're just busy. So I feel like it's so important to have, like, producer uh, impact or, I mean, project impact or, like, you know, just that mentorship or these courses because it's, like, at the same time, you need, you have something for motivation. Like, you're just not doing this off the strength of. That's right. You always have something that's motivating you. And just by being in a room full of producers around you or someone speaking or just watching this, like it could just motivate you just to go another 24 hours. That other 24 hours could have been that beat that got you to, now you're across the seat and we're talking to you now. You feel me? Yeah, so, no, that, no, that's so, that's so true. And, and with, with that uh, project impact, I wanted, I knew that it, I know from experience that it's, it's so much more than just making a beat and, and trying to get a placement. Like there's a, there's a mental, there's a mental aspect of it. There's a mindset asset to it that you have to be uh you know your mind has to be prepped for you know you have to be uh you know there's a relationship side you know you have to do net you have to be uh know how to network you have to know how to speak with people and approach people and and there's so many little pieces that I feel like 
we don't discuss as, as a producer community that's left out of just, oh, make a dope beat and get the placement from it. You know, that's that's some little pieces. Like yeah, talk about sure. some of the little pieces. <laughs> you know, we gotta get some we gotta get some. I mean, I mean I'm 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 telling you, it's like, you know, um, uh, you know, daily daily routines. I, I having a daily routine is super important as opposed to just getting up and be like, okay, this is what my days or whatever. You know, because you realize you're not you're not really getting anything done. You know, if you can't look back at your week and say what you actually done, like you're not being productive, you know. So it's like little things like that, like developing a daily routine based around the main, the the overall goal of what you're trying to accomplish. Because you're once you set an overall goal, that's going to tell you what your daily routine is going to be, you know, because that that's going to depict you getting to the goal, you know, Um yeah, so it's just like little things like that, like just just how to prepare your mind for certain things and and daily routines and make sure you you're sharpening your skills every day. You know, uh, you know, getting putting the 10,000 hours in and, uh, you know, just make sure you're being consistent. You know, it, a, a lot of reaching your success is going to be just being consistent with whatever you're trying to do, doing it every day, you know, doing it uh you know, having having a set pattern for when you're doing it, you know, because that's what's going to get you carry you the long way, and and that's how you're going to create the the success that you're trying to create. What would you say about the factor of sometimes the producer having to be the person that takes initiative? Like we're in the room, and you have to play the beat, and you're like, "Hey, you should get on this." Like you're making people feel like they need to go this way. Or if you know, if you know how the business goes, instead of you waiting and saying, "Damn." This isn't going right. Hey, come stand over here. Come do this. Hey, we we about, about to put this together. You know what I'm saying? Talk about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a lot of, um, you know, when I jumped into executive producing, like I'm, I'm executive producing a project right now, and I feel like you have to, as, a, as creatives, we have to step more into that role because, like you say, just, just doing that one thing, it could, it could, be the pivoting moment for us getting to where we're trying to go as opposed to just sitting back and just letting it go by. And then it's like, okay, nothing happened from that. But that one move that you make could be the, uh, the factor that played that, that takes that idea to the next level or takes that, um, that task or that project to the next level, you know? So yeah, it's, it's about being more, uh, engage, engaging more. You know, um, you know, when I'm in sessions and I'm playing beats, it's like that. Like, yo, check this. Uh, yo, I, I got this melody idea. Check this. What you think about this? And just trying things and just stepping out there. It might not be the right idea, but at least you tried. You can move on to the nut uh, something else. Oh, what about this? Oh, I got this pattern. What if you rhyme on the pattern like this? You know, and that those little key things that you do could be the point that get, gets that ball, mo- gets that ball moving more. You know, so yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah, you have to be more engaging, and and just don't be fearful to throw ideas out. So you're gonna get a no, like it's you're not gonna like, get you're gonna get a yeah. no. Just go ahead and accept that. But it's like the more chances that you take on yourself and on your ideas, the more possibility that that opportunity is gonna become something. All the probability game, bro. Yeah, it it, it really is. Uh, yo, I I can. It it was it was man it was one point in my career I can honestly say where people were hitting me was like yo how are you doing all this like how you get on this project this project and you working on this 
and I and I would break it down. I'm like, yo, I work I, in this period. I worked on a hundred things. Now, because I worked on a hundred things, ten of them stuck, and and it was on this album, and this wind up here, this wind up here. Ninety of them didn't. Ninety of them failed. The people see the ten, but they don't realize I failed at the ninety things. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that deep. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, they yeah. seen it, man. Only they seen it. <laughs> Probability, man. Was it the last interview you said? Uh, yeah, he hit you with the. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know you ain't played this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have those moments sometimes, man. <laughs> people don't understand, bro. People think it's sweet in that room. Yeah, it's man. not sweet especially in that room. Especially when it's, it's your first time you walk in there and nobody knows you. Especially with the like we, we young, we with the young like bro. That. Yeah. Play, play, play be right. You just standing there. Yeah, play show. Hey, yo, that, that, that I used to. I really used to hate <laughs> playing. Uh, <laughs> I you. I really used to hate playing music in front of people. I used to take. I used to hate taking A and R meetings because you go in there and you play in the music, and sometimes they just like sitting on their phone, and it's like you just sitting there like, man, do they like it? Do they? And it makes you feel a certain way, you know, because we it's the, our beats are our babies. You know what I'm saying? So when when you're not getting the reaction or the response that you that you feel that you should be getting, like it makes us feel a certain way. But you got to realize too that um, everything ain't for everyone, you know. And um, that that's what I learned to to realize. Like, okay, I, I did this beat. These might not work for this person. They may not like it, or they may it may not fit what they like it. But it's for somebody. It's just me finding out who that some who who's in this uh this lane that I'm in with these these beats and just making sure they align and once they align it's like okay oh I love this beat like like let me have this I'm gonna create a song for this you know so it's just about aligning vibes with with the artists you know as opposed to trying to force it on them and and just knowing that okay this is not for this person but it's for it's for some artists out there I just gotta find out who. Feel like going a little, just a little bit off topic. Like a lot of producers, they watch this and they'll sign up for Project Impact, and they're looking for that. All right, two point five plus two point five equals exactly this. So if I do this, this, that, it's exactly that. <laughs> when it's like, bro, it's 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 more like, like it's more like a mindset thing. Yeah. As far as this like relationship and just trying to find these placements, like it's not okay. I don't watch this interview. Now I'm gonna just go on my phone and just hit up some random guy and be like, yo, I like your music. You ain't even listen to his music. You just lied. Mm-hmm. I like your music. Um, can you pay me $50? I'm going to send you this beat. <laughs> bro, you're not going to get nowhere, gang. Like, it don't work like that, bro. It don't work like that. But if you actually think of a business mindset, like, for example, first you got to, you got to find people. I feel like producers, the biggest problem is you bring your business to people who's not even, yeah, they're not yeah. even trying yeah. to spend. No, that's true. They're not even trying to spend. That's true. That's true. When you sit and think, though, for example, uh, Bricks posted the other day, bro. He posted, uh, bro, who I think Gucci Man said uh, he was signing artists from 1017. And he said, bro, all these comments are going to be artists who wants to get signed. So now you got, what, like a thousand comments full of artists. That's a thousand artists who are interested, yeah. who need beats. You, yeah, feel me? Exactly. you know what I'm saying? Or you go to a guy who, a, a, a popular producer who sell beats and they post, uh, here's some free beats. So, you know what I'm saying? They make some right. posts. All those people in their comments are going to be artists, artists. but yeah, exactly. those times, these are artists who actually buy beats this time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's uh-huh. a mindset it's thing. A, like, man. sit back and think for a little bit, bro. You feel me? Like, be strategic, man. Be strategic. And and I, uh, 
you know, it, it goes back to producers wanting stuff the easy way. You know, they want it just to be cookie cutter, everything template based. This is how you do it. And this kind and it's like, nah, it doesn't work like that. Because social media makes it look like exactly. that. Yeah, it does. With all the people you don't work with, I ain't gonna lie. If I was at if it was if it was Chris Cross episodes, but I'm in your shoe, when we had walked in a little bit late, I would have looked at it, I would have been like, I need to explain my time. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So like what 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 are your goals right now? What what else is there for you? Uh I think for me it's more so about um it's more so about uh how can I serve more? Um you know, so things that I do now and projects that I'm involved with, it's like being of service. It's um um what's what's a what's a good term for it uh yeah it's just it's just being of service how can i be more more of service so uh for instance with the project impact it's like okay i'm being able to give producers uh so much valuable information to help them level up in their their careers you know um i i also teamed up with i got one of my guys his name is jamil he's an amazing producer and sound designer who i work with on my yeezus pack so like him and um this company called producer sources like i teamed up with them i'm gonna start dropping a line of vsts and plugins you know and um you know just being able to be innovative and, and creative and being able to be um just a um a stepping stone for people and, and just sharing my, my knowledge, man. Uh, also, I would say like, even like project wise, like I'm only working on projects that excite me and projects that I'm able to really be a part of, as opposed to um, just sending a be here or trying to get on this project. It's like, no, nah, what, what projects or artists that I'm excited about? Like, let me, let me work on those and being more, uh, just being more selective on what I work in, what, you know, on what I work on, you know, the projects that, that, uh, that I feel good about and I'm happy about being a part of, you know, so just really just fine tuning and, and honing in on doing more of the things that make me happy and less of the things that make me feel like I'm working. What's it feel like a job? It's a route for me. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I feel like I done clocked in, man. Let me turn Netflix yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got to keep it fun. You got to keep it exciting, you know, because that's where the inspiration comes from is, is being excited, not feeling like, dang, I got to go do this again. I got to go do this session again. Dang, they want me to make these beats for this sound like this or to, to fit this type of, of, of uh, vibe that they, and when I'm not mentally in that vibe, you know, that's that's the type of stuff I'm trying to stay away from. So I'm just trying to do more of what I love. So I know last interview we talked about, like, your daily routine. Kind of give us the rundown of what that looks like now today after the pandemic. I can honestly say during the pandemic is at times it's been inconsistent. I'm not going to lie, you know, um, but I have these moments to where when I'm inconsistent and I know that I'm taking on like a a. a a big project or, or something that I know I need to be in the proper space for. I, I know how to snap back in real quick. And it's like, okay, okay. For the next 30 days, for the next 60 days, this is what it's going to be. And it was, it's always making sure I'm up early. Cause I'm, a, I, I love to, to, I'm an early bird. So I, I love to get up seven o'clock and, you know, get my workout on, um, 
you know, make sure I'm just, I, you know, and it's as simple as walking on a treadmill for 30 minutes just to get the blood pumping. And what I do also is I love listening to positive podcasts, you know, so instead of working out to music, it's like, okay, while I'm working out, I'm going to also be listening to some positive, you know, just to, just to transform my mind while I'm working out my physical, you know, getting my mental space good as well. So I'll do that. After that, I go back and um, uh, I've been I've been doing voiceover stuff lately, too. So I dedicate like from nine to 11 is straight just me working on auditions, voiceover auditions. You know, so I do that after uh, 11 o'clock, you know, I'll eat me some lunch and then I'll hit the studio about 12 and I'll give a good six hours of six focused hours in the studio phone on airplane mode. Cause we all know that this is the biggest distraction <laughs> period, you know, social media, get, receiving texts, receiving alerts from my social media, uh, IG and Twitter and all that, you know, so I'll airplane mode my phone and I'll go hard for whatever uh, the task is for the studio about six hours. And then I'm enjoying my day after that. I feel like the biggest part of that, which I ain't really thought of until you just said it, is like in the morning time, bro, you got to prep your mind and body, you feel me? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I just realized, like, when I be having my slump days, I get about to bed, and they start sneezing, and uh, bro. <laughs> I can tell you, once I do that, when I get up and I just do that, bro, I'm on the couch. Yeah, day, and one of, the, one of the worst things we can do when we first get up is grab our phone, and that's what we usually do. Like, it's, it's habit to do that. But, man, it's... This this thing right here can like set your day up. Facts. For either good or bad. <laughs> and most of the time it's bad because it's, you're going to wake up to text. You're going to wake up to, you're going to get lost in the loop of social media. Because, you know, once you lock in on that timeline and get to scrolling, is it becomes like FOMO almost, like a fear of missing out on something. And you just locked in. <laughs> a whole hour. You ain't even leaving. A whole hour. And you hadn't, yeah. So it's like, nah, get your, get, go ahead and get up, you know, uh, you know, get in, get, get your, your blood pumping. You know, I'm a coffee guy, so I, I'll make my coffee after I get back from working out. And um, yeah, just get your mind right. Uh, in the, in the listening to podcasts and even interviews now, I'll listen to some dope interviews because I, I, I see myself gaining so much inspiration from just hearing other people's stories. You know, that's why I love listening, listening to interviews, the interviews you guys have. You know, I I love listening, like earn your leisure. They they like financial investing, you know, so I'm big into that. So I listen to that. I listen to uh, um, drink champs, love the drink champ stuff. So, you know, just listening to other people's stories. I, I, I feel myself gaining a lot of inspiration and a lot of motivation from just hearing uh, how, Others are, are other people's journey. I definitely got to pick back up on waking up and start exercising, man. You got to do that, bro. You get up out of bed, you lay down for like eight, some hours, bro. Everybody just ain't finna just hop up and all right, let go. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. And like I say, the pandemic, you know, pandemic kind of played a, 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 a big toll on my creative and mental space, too, because, you know, um, I think once the pandemic hit and I, I'm in the studio by myself every day, I realized how much inspiration was coming from me traveling different places 
and getting in the studio with different places, you know, collaborating, you know, because there's only so much inspiration I can pull from these four walls by myself, you know, every day, you know, there was nothing coming. So I, you know, it, it kind of let me know like, man, interaction is so important. Having conversations with people is so important. You know, getting out, doing other things is so important because all that's contributing to me being inspired. Let's talk about the production side. Let me ask you a question. I need you to be honest, too. All right. What are, like, red flags you're seeing now in production? That's like, mm-mm. <laughs> He's saying, Niggas going to be mad. Hold in, on. In terms of, let's be more specific, in terms of what? Uh, shit. He said be more specific. In, in terms of, like, sound, in terms of process, in terms of... Being in the producer community, hearing the beats, like, anything. You can touch on anything. The process, the sound... Out of key, way, so you can touch on anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all, but it's always been like that. It's not just now. I, I think there's always gonna be moments of people that's, I'll just say, not less talented, but that doesn't, um, that doesn't predict the success of someone. You know, it, it doesn't, and that just shows you right there that it's not about the production. Sometimes <laughs> it's not about. How how hard your beat is? <laughs> oh, okay. Now he's speaking. <laughs> no, he's speaking real. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the truth. It's not. It's not about that. So, you know, uh, but it's it's always gonna be things that I don't like, you know, or, or things that I think that could be better. Um, you know, that's just part of the game. Yeah, you try to keep it in. He was like, "Y'all not finna catch me on right. Instagram <laughs> today." I got me top. Dang, that was a smooth answer. That was smooth, that was bro. Smooth. That was a PR answer right there, bro. <laughs> said, man, he already knew. That's one. Ah, uh, shit. Your beats are trash. <laughs> Three hundred comments. No cap. <laughs> I tried. And then y'all know the, the the game. The producer game is so oversaturated right now. You gonna get that? There's no way around it. <laughs> Let's talk about the process of you making a beat. What's your process like when you sit down and create something new? My process, it often changes um, because it just depends on what space I'm in. Uh, but most of the time with me, it starts with um, usually a sound. Like I love just going through sounds and it could be just one, it could be just one, one shot sound that I hear and come across like, oh, that sparks something and I pull it in my sampler and just start messing with it. And, um, and you know, so it, it, it just, de- it just depends on where the inspiration is coming from. Um, uh, it could be me hopping on, just uh, turning on one of my scents and going through some of the presets or even just twisting the knobs on it. And I come across a sound that inspires me and then it's like, Oh, I hear something for this, you know? So there's no set way of, of my process. It just, you know, whatever I'm feeling at that moment. What do you feel like producers should spend on the most? Like, what's the most important part when you're making that beat? Like, sound selection, mixing. Like, what's the most important part? I think the 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 most they should spill they should um, spend on is the feeling, getting the feeling out. I always say feeling over technicality. So it's like getting that first feeling out, that natural feeling, the organic feeling out, and then you can go back and and tweak and do certain things but i think the 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 first feeling the authentic the most authentic feeling that you're going to get um is what should be the the foundation of of whatever you're doing 
you know, because that's what's going to transcend. And that's what's going to that's what people are going to feel. And then you can go into like, OK, I need to arrange this correctly. So it makes sense to people. But get that initial uh, emotion out into your doll. Translate that into your doll first. Um, and and that that should be the approach. That's that should be the, the, the most time and not even the most time spent. Because the most the most time spent can be on the technicality part, but I think the feeling should be the foundation of the idea. Should always be the foundation of the idea. What are you, what are you producing in right now? I know you jump between a lot of dogs. <laughs> yeah. what, you, what you mainly in? I've, right I've now? been mainly in uh, Ableton. Yeah, I've been in Ableton a lot. And then when I get tired of Ableton, I'll jump in FL for a few days, and then I'll go back to Ableton. Man, just come over to FL again. <laughs> I both the odds straight FL. Come to FL. Shout bro. out Image Line. You can hook up the profits <laughs> and all that stuff to it too. Right? You know what I'm saying? Come on. Yeah, hey, Ableton, I, man. yeah. I'm sure y'all tried Ableton. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's- I ain't gonna lie. I've been using it because, like, I see a lot of sample makers say the process is a little bit more easier in Ableton. So I've been messing around. With it. I'm not gonna lie. Ableton's a, it's it's, it's goaded, but you know, ain't no like fruity loops. You yeah. Know? I use Fruity Loops for the drum. Man, drums is still untouched coming out of Fruity Loops, man. Like, I'm just just being honest. We know. <laughs> that, was a re- that was like the main reason why I uh, started even trying FL is because it's like, man, I couldn't get my, dr- I couldn't get my drum sounding in any other da like FL. It's just, just couldn't do it. No matter what I was putting on my master, no matter what the processing, I couldn't. So I was like, yo, I gotta, I gotta use this for at least drums. But you use Logic before? Never used Logic before. Never. Logic gives you like a fat ass drum sound. Like it's, there's more space in there or something. Like Pro Tools, there's like a more head. Yeah, more shit. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how Logic is. I like really? the sound of their drums. I don't get no folk no clout, man. I, mean, I, just, <laughs> I just, I just feel like that step sequencer and the way that we can arrange is in the NFL. They kind of just give it to us right there, like here. Every, everywhere else you got to build this shit yeah and it, it took me a while to 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 grasp like ment- like m- mentally how to uh grasp just the layout of FL because you know it's playlist it's not like tracks you know so once i understood that i was like oh okay this is completely different than your your typical daw you know as to as how the layout is but once i got that it's like oh okay i see how it is man and and then you realize how simple it is to to get an idea in is it's it's incredibly simple. Let's flip it. Let's talk about the studio setup. I know you said you was talking about a couple of simps. Like give us the rundown <laughs> of your uh I'm trying to close my eyes while you say this. Give us the rundown of the studio setup the gear. Uh, so since I have I have a Mellotron. I have a um sub 37 Moog. I have a Juno 106. I have a um OB uh what is it OB OB6? Yeah, OB6. Uh I had a profit rev too. I just sold it because I'm gonna get a profit five. What was you sold that joint for? Uh man, I think I sold that mother for like fourteen hundred. <laughs> Damn, gotcha. <laughs> I think I sold it for uh I got the 14. desktop module though. Got oh, you the got the desktop? Yeah. I got the uh, desktop of the OB6. Um, so yeah, I got that. Um yeah, and I'm actually I'm about to I'm I'm just trying to see what I want to get next, but I'm a, I'm gonna get me another one or two. I'm thinking profit five, but then I've been looking at like just some different stuff like the uh uh Arteria Poly Brute or the uh y'all heard of the Super Six? 
UD, UDO Super Six. Mm-mm. Man, I've been I've been researching that. One of my homies, uh, Epic Epic Pro, he bought one, and I just been hearing how amazing it is. Like it's just incredible. So I might go to different route. You know, it's it's it will be typical for me to just go get a Profit Five because that's what most people know. But then to go get the the synth that nobody, um, you know, nobody knows about more. That's I, I probably do that, you know, just to be able to explore more and, and just to get different sounds and uh, catch different vibes from something that's that's uh, a little bit more uh, under the table. You got any like effects that you run through? Um, I have a um, I got the SSL Fusion. I have, um, and it's just my my processors. I have a uh, UA six ten, uh, LA six ten. Yeah, I have an LA six ten. Uh, I have the uh, the Apollo X eight. I'm gonna find my way down Dallas. Don't worry. Apollo X eight. About to get more into good part guitar pedals. Just running, running my stuff through guitar pedals. Yeah, I just got a. Uh, my brother just sent me the mood joint. I just got into like all the hardware stuff because, oh, like, bro. don't get me wrong, man. You can do this on a laptop, but like, you know, I was feeling like in a slump, like, uh, and then I was like, let me get into some hardware. So I got a Rev Two. How you how you feeling a Rev Two? I love it, man. Yeah, man. You can you can you can hear the difference. I just been doing some stuff now, like, oh, uh, I just learned this with Analog Lab. Like, you could actually, uh. Um, Cause you know like people do like analog lab banks and stuff But you can actually take a wave file Like in one shot and put it into uh, Mellotron or there's another one called It starts with an R I don't know how to pronounce it And you can run like the processing through that So I've been taking oh, like a lot of sound dope. through the profit Exporting it through the analog lab And running through those virtual pedals oh, and stuff Oh that's crazy But like bro that um, I got the Thermay Really haven't played too much with the guitar pedals But like more of the story is been playing around it's, yeah. it's, it's, don't be you know what I'm saying afraid to experiment don't like, be afraid to experiment because you know that's, where the, that's where the magic is to be honest in the in the experimentation and exploring certain things mm-hmm. so it's a different sound too you know yeah. so another thing is like uh, collaboration I've been telling producers a lot um, so important when I do like one on one sessions bro sent, it was this one person he sent the beat and he was like how you, how you like the sample and I was like bro don't get me wrong like the guitar was fire but like I could tell that's from a VST game. Like, nah, what I'm supposed to do? I don't play guitar. Bro, sometimes you got to think of it like this. Hey, yo, JB, I got this guitar. I'm going to send you the MIDI. Can you just replay this with your real guitar and send it back to me? Yeah. People don't think of it they like that. They don't think of it like that. That's what I'm saying. They thinking typical, you know, but it's like, how can you push it? How can you explore certain things or experiment with certain things that that's going to give you, you know, because you can take that guitar sound and do even if it's the fake guitar sound, you can do some things, some processing to, processing to that to make it sound like something completely new that you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't get with a regular sound, you know, or you wouldn't get with a guitar sound. So it's like, man, how can you push the, push it a little bit, push the envelope a little bit to create something new, you know? Because that that's the thing I with with now, like I'm just getting tired of hearing the same the same thing and the same sounds and the same. And it's like, yo, how can we do something different? How can we, you know, and, and that's where the, for me personally, that's where, that's always where the inspiration comes from. It's like 
something a little left the center, but still to where people can to understand it, but a little left the center to where it's unique and it raises people ear like, yo, what's that? Like, oh, snap, where does this come from? You know, because when it's the same, you know, people just they they they're not as in tune to it as they would with something that that kind of catches them off by surprise. I ain't gonna count. I did some weird shit a couple months ago, bro. So I had uh, got a, I was doing this video. Cause my grandma got these. Uh, she got this vinyl, but she got a crate full of like vinyls, bro. Like just a crate full of them. So I got a little uh, turntable from a uh, Target. And I was hooking up to my interface, and I guess the way I took the picture, I had, like, my guitar pedal sitting right there. So, uh, Coot the Truth, the sample maker, he DM'd me. He was like, oh, so you hooking up the turntable to the guitar pedal? Like, That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, no, nigga, I ain't doing that. But then I was like, hold on. Oh. I was like, hold on, man. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's, that that's crazy uh, when you think about it. I was like, yeah, but I did it. I go, that was a flop. But I gotta try it again, gang. I ain't gonna count. I gotta try it again, bro. Like it's just, it's just little shit like that. Like yeah. I know we're talking about who the last interview we just did, Hazel or was it? Kid Hazel. It was Hazel. Uh-huh. It was somebody who was just talking about it. it's like, bro, you're not gonna go into this and be like, ah, let me make some new sauce today. It, it's mm-hmm. a it just happens, yeah. you feel me? Like just experimentation and um I don't know, like, what I'm trying to lead to is, like, how important is it to, like, stay, like, a student of the game? Like, you can't never master production, you know what I'm saying? You're always learning something. Like, how do you go, like, especially the stuff you make? Like, what's your learning process now? Uh, just being able to learn from any and everybody, no matter what room I'm in, no matter who I'm around, no matter what situation, like, everything is a learning situation for me, you know? And then, and then too... Uh, what I've learned and in, in, in this contributes to a lot of my longevity, too, is like I'm only as good as the people around me. You know, I keep I keep other dope producers around me, you know, uh, and I learn from them <laughs> like that's where my learning comes from. You know, even the, my my producers who I work with so often, like we continuously constantly sharing ideas and. And sharing our processes. Oh, how'd you how'd you come up with that? Oh, I did this. Let's hop on the FaceTime. I'm gonna show you how I, you know, always learning, always sharing, but also learning learning in the in the process of of sharing as well. You know, and I think that's how we we stay on our toes, and that's how we, you know, uh, are able to um, uh, create magic and create uh, unique sounds and and push the envelope and things. Is we have to continue to learn from others. And then take that information and add our own to it, you know, and just be unique in the in in our way of thinking. How important are you about sound designing? Like I know you you were saying your process, you'll spend forever on a one shot. Like give us some sound designing tips for producers who want to get into it. Uh sound sound designing is the the difference between us hearing like a loop that sounds like everybody else loop or it being incredible. It's all in the sound designing because it's like, how can you how can you make this loop sound different? How can you put it in different spaces? You know, that's not typical. How can you add certain textures to the sample to where it doesn't feel, um, you know, so cheap or so um, typical? You know, uh, so it's like that sound design is that like trying certain things. Uh, one of my things when I'm sound designing. I'm I'm always basing it off of uh, usually two things. And it's like the space that it's in, putting certain sounds in different environments. 
but then also it's about um, adding those unique textures through using like distortions and, and fuzz, but using them in a different way. Like instead of using them how people would normally use them, like being creative with how, how I would use that, you know, and uh, for instance, like with the, with the Yeezus, like it was, it was times me and my, my guy, we would just go, you know, we go in a warehouse, bring a guitar amp and set a mic up in the warehouse and, <laughs> and like beat on pans or beat on table and recording that, you know, uh, or, or, playing certain things through the amp in the warehouse, but recording it through the mic as opposed to direct directly from the, the amp to the doll. So it's like just being creative with how you, how you approach it. The thing is kind of like you said earlier too, or just a minute ago about trying that, running that turntable through, through the, um, through that just to see what, just to see what happens. Cause it, it may be, it might not work, but it may work. You know what I'm saying? You never know unless you try it. So it's just trying things and see what, what you come up with. So this is all the sauce you're giving to Project Impact right here? Yeah. No, I actually, it's actually a dope sound design workshop that I do in there that's uh that's real dope. Yeah. I got to tap in and that's what I'm, I'm trying to dive into this year. Definitely like sound design, bro. Mm-hmm. Trying to get into Thanks. the, it's a whole like, it's like a producer learning audio engineer. Now you got all this sauce that you mm-hmm, that you can that. apply to. Yeah. So give us a few details about when this Project Impact is launching. Yeah, 25th through April 1st. So it's only a week because we're only taking like a thousand um, uh, people to register. So there are only a thousand slots available. So uh, yeah, so it'll be from March 25th through uh, April 1st. And that's like in nine days and you'll be able to to enroll for that. This ain't the same as YouTube. This is just a legendary information. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. But to wrap it up, we always at this at the end of the uh, interviews is uh, if you could say anything like like one thing that really means to you as far as advice to a producer, what would you say to him right now? I would I would say there's so much power in in being consistent. Consistency is key. So um, yeah, I would tell producers like if it's for instance if you're trying to um, if you want to get let's just say more placements. You have to, first of all, consistently be making beats every day. But not only that, you can't stop there. You got to consistently be networking to find more people to send it to. And then you can't stop there. You got to be consistently sending it out to people. <laughs> so, you know, you can't just get stuck in the, oh, yo, I'm making 100 beats a week. Uh, you have to be able to put the, those beats in people's hands too. But you can't, you, you have to be able to uh, consistently do that, you know, uh, set times, set time slots for that. Every Tuesday and Thursday is going to be my days that I send out to my, my full list. And not only am I going to send it to them, like I'm going to actually give proper greeting, you know, the, the proper uh, greetings in the email. I'm going to check on them, ask people how they're doing first. You know, I'm going to provide a service you know, for free for them, you know, wherever that be, whatever that may be, you know, you know, take a skill that you, that you're good at and offer them like, yo, I want to do this for you for, for free for a week or two weeks. And then also, y'all, I, I, I uh, put a link of, you know, if you want to check out some of my production, you know, how can you be of service to somebody 
you know, I, I think prioritizing that opposed to y'all want to send you some beats. Yo, how can we collab? will get you much further than just sending them beats, you know, being of service, like providing a service, do it for them, do it. Like I say, do it for them for free for a little bit. Yo, I, I'll give you like my, my, uh, I, I, I do mixing. Like I'll, I'll do, I'll mix five of your songs for free just so you, you don't have to pay me nothing. I just want to do it, you know, for you, you know, how can you provide, how can you add value to someone? And I think that should be the priority. And then everything else should be under that. Uh, young Icy, he said, you don't want to go vertical. You know what I'm saying? You want to go side to side. So your thing is figuring out what does an artist need, you know what I'm saying, to get yeah. to the next level. He wants more views. He wants a better sound. He needs to be recorded. He needs a photographer. He needs all types of shit. He might, you might need to take him to a jeweler. You know what I'm saying? So all of these different values get you that time and attention, which is that, that main currency we need is time and attention for you to be able to pitch. Sometimes they don't want to hear shit. Like, what can you do for me? All right, now I want to hear. You now you done took me to get some smoke, took me to get some jewelry. I got studio time. You know what I'm saying? I got uh, you brought a chef that I could pay for. You know what I'm saying? Like all of those different things. Sometimes need to be way before you sell. That's right. Nobody wants to be sold to. Mm-hmm. That's all. Right. Nah, that's nah, that's so true. That's so true, man. It's those little things before that 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 could open up that opportunity. And, and a lot of people are not doing those little, those little things prior to the, yo, I got some beats for you. You know what I'm saying? But it's the things that you do before that, that could be the entrance to you being able to really catch someone's ear. Yeah. Start a new company, you know what I'm saying? Car mobile detailing, start a clothing line, start something else that everybody can attach to. That the, the artist may see you have that. You don't care about the beats, but now that you get to get in that room, Hey, pull these up too. Oh, for real? Yeah, this is my boy who does this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not the oh, this is the guy who wants to be a producer. You're a human being just like the rest of us. And realizing bar- bartering is 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 a good thing too. You know, there's been many a times early on in my career where I bartered certain things for, you know, for exchange of things. Sometimes barter is just as good as money. You know? Um, yeah. And, and and realize too, like you can negotiate things. I remember I remember uh, back in the day where um, uh, it was Talib Kweli. He was working on a mixtape and he wanted to use two of my beats for it. And, you know, at that time, you know, I, I, I needed money. But he was like, no, nah, I just want to just put this mixtape out. But he he came to me and he was like, yo, uh, let's you know, let's figure something out. So we worked out. OK, if I use if you use if I give you these two beats for free. When I for my next album, I'll guarantee you four songs on my next album, like paid songs. So we we did a little agreement, and I gave him the two beats for the mixtape. And then when he came to his album, I had four songs on that I had already just because of that that barter from giving him those two beats. Man, so next. like <laughs> so like figure out ways, you know, figure out ways how you can you know make things make sense. You know, because sometimes, you know, I, I, I get it. We don't want to give things out for free, but it's like, how can I figure out something of value if I give you these? You know, if I if, if I do this for you, how can we figure out something or vice versa? You know, and it's, and it's all just like like having that conversation sometime with people too. just like, yo, OK, let's figure out like, yo, I, I, yeah, you can use these. But, you know, um, or, or vice versa. Uh, yeah, give me this this verse and I can do this for you or 
you know, it, it's a matter of everything is, is just trying to figure out a, a midpoint for everybody, but how can it work for, for both of us? Damn, y'all just gonna leave it with the gym broken like that, man? <laughs> That's what y'all finna do, man? Gotta leave it off right, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie, I do got this on my mind, though, as far as consistency. Let's switch it up. You know, the producers who want to be consistent as far as that lane, they just got their answer. But let's talk about producers who have, like, a brand like Kits and does YouTube. What do you do when you're not, when, you, when you're trying to be consistent, but now you're in that, the content, the value of that content kind of goes down. So what should you do in that moment? Because you want to stay consistent, right? But at the same time, you don't want to put out bullshit. You feel me? So what are you doing? I think at that point, you have to figure out, you got to you gotta kind of change the content up a little bit. You know, there's only so much you can give of something before it becomes, like, old to people or redundant. So figure out something, uh, and it could be the simplest thing of, of, of um, you know, maybe adding uh, more contest or more uh, something interactive with your, your followers or, you know, it's, like I say, it could be anything, but it's like finding something that's going to make this feel different to, to the follow, to your followers or to your listeners, you know? So I think you just got to change it every now and then you got to reinvent, you know, you got to reinvent yourself every now and then you can't do the same thing over and over and, and not expect it to get old at some point because everything changes, you know, changes, you know, everything changes. So you got to be able to adapt change and um and figure out something new reinvent yourself i mean there you go man i ain't finna we ain't finna get the sauce no more we have it <laughs> appreciate you for uh tapping in with us bro Nah, i appreciate y'all having me man it's always good times coming up here yes sir yeah let's do it that's a wrap man